0: hello everyone and welcome to the back pocket podcast this week tom stewart was careless and high and this week we're just intentionally high (laughs) uh my name is alistair (laughs) it's It's the worst one we've done (laughs)
1: Uh, my
0: my name is alistair and i'm joined as always by jack uh yeah, welcome to the back pocket.
1: I'm glad you introduced us this week because I think I forgot to last week. Um, my mm. face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart um, having coffee. <laughs> <it> to- <laughs> top end, bottom I picked the microphone
0: really bad.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was the talk of the week, and I feel like it was such a cut and dry. It was probably going to be three or four weeks. Geelong asked for three, the AFL asked for four, and it was four. Like it. I feel like that it just got made into such a bigger thing that it probably really was.
0: I don't really want to talk about it too much, but the fact that it was graded as careless is silly to me because if you choose to bump, it's intentional. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, uh, That was probably the biggest story of the week, though. So,
1: Yeah, um, despite there was a lot of ladder movement this week, um, mm. obviously we knew there would be because that was the way it was laid out.
0: It's a big sale at Bunnings.
1: Big sale at Bunnings. There's uh, <laughs> a whole new manufacturer coming in so to sell all the old stock of ladders. Yeah, um, but it was a good week. I actually really struggled to pick a top five for defenders. There was a <clears throat> really good selection, I thought. I have a list of about eleven. Games. Yeah, um, but you do the intro, which means I believe I do the vote. You do so, the first vote. Uh, my vote one uh, this week was to Adam Sard. Okay. Um, there were so many players around this mark for the mm-hmm. one, you know, the one to three to missing out area, but Saad was my one. If you can hear donking, it's a cat attacking my feet viciously. Um, Sard was my one, he played a really good game again. His defensive pressure is just outstanding. I don't, um, I know Doherty gets the the praise because he does the flashy things and the running, but <laughs>
0: we'll talk about that later.
1: <laughs> by goodness, has Saad been in just ridiculous form this year?
0: Yeah, um, we've said it before. His aerial uh, game has improved, and I think I said it during the game on the weekend. I said. He's in season-best form. Yeah. Like, he has not played this well uh, in his career. Uh, and it's been really good to watch. Uh, you saw the bounce stat statistics. He's, what, 40-something yeah. ahead of the next best? It's,
1: it's wild. He's got, like, more than, almost tripled at this point. It's there. crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Bounces.
0: Um, But, no, he did play a really good game, so I think that's um, a worthy one.
1: He, I love, Um, you know, some players it stresses me out when they do it, <laughs> but his uh, insistence to not rush it behind when it's on that line... Mm-hmm. He'd rather get around one person and run at 30 metres before getting rid of it. Um, you say about the bounces, though, I did laugh. At one point, he took the kick out of full back, which we already know the square is nine metres long, mm. and he took four bounces before the 50, and, <laughs> and he kicked <laughs> from about the 50 line, and I was like, Adam, that's way too many.
0: I think it's really just so he can accelerate he just, to top speed just, as soon as someone comes for him. Because yeah, he if he's taken that, that meters, bounce, he can go.
1: Like a safety um, bounce.
0: Which is smart. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it does definitely inflate his numbers. Yeah. Uh, my one vote in a losing side goes to uh, Robbie Tarrant. Uh, was good. He, he was really good. Blanketed Hawkins, and um, we've we've basically picked on Tarrant all year, saying that well, moving from North is yeah, not really like, a how does bad he look worse move.
1: At Richmond, um, he's been he He was brilliant. He yep. Um, he played. So he and at either end both played really good defensive games. Mm-hmm. And yet Colladatione cost four goals, and Tarrant didn't. Yeah um he was brilliant there there was moments where and it was i saw some richmond fans complaining about it which is really weird to me they're like you know oh, he wasn't near those packs where jeremy cameron and then jack henry in the last quarter took those big marks And i was like yeah because he was stopping hawkins from yeah. near those packs where normally hawkins takes those big marks
0: he was covering hawkins leads fantastically brilliant
1: um that same stuff we talk about when you see a player just positioning themselves in that awkward spot for the forward but they just can't mm-hmm. quite maneuver them um it was a really good game yeah. had his
0: number and i'm um well, I'm I'd hope that any coach would watch tape of yes. Tarrant playing before going yeah. up against Geelong because he pretty much played it perfectly on which is uh, a really hard thing to do, yeah. Yeah, and <clears> we've <throat> obviously had issues with that before with Port where they yeah. didn't do the didn't <laughs> do the tape watching, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree he didn't quite get in for me, but he was in my special mentions. Um yeah. he was just below my absolutely stiff, which we'll get to at the end of oh, yeah, we'll none talk about. Him. I've got a
0: couple.
1: Uh, my two was to the villain of the hour, Tom Stewart. Same. Um, it's it was hard to do. One, there was a lot of defenders that played really good games mm-hmm. and he ended up not being the deciding factor in that game, so it helped. But it, it doesn't help when you also knock out the opposition's literal best player before going on to play a ridiculously good game.
0: Yeah, I, earlier in the week, had him higher in my list. Yeah. Um, And obviously watching the game, he had some crucial touches in the last quarter, which always get a... Uh, 14 a, intercepts
1: Is ridiculous? 17
0: 17? Um, which was the point I kept thinking 17 intercepts he has to be higher but if you look at the rest of his game his disposal efficiency was high but he, he didn't take a lot a of definitely cost a goal
1: directly in that last term as well which he does a lot uh, we have talked about this as well when he earlier in the season he was doing it more often
0: I think it was just a lot of sweeping and not a lot of actual defensive yeah. acts so that's why he's a bit lower but you know we all know how good Tom Stewart is, and yeah. he's not going to be appearing for I mean, four weeks. So. The only
1: thing stopping him from getting an Australian Blazer this year might be this four week layoff. Yeah. Um, but even then, he's Well, he did s- it on a
0: 17 game season, didn't he? He
1: did, yeah. yeah. So he could do it again. He, he might. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what all Australian last, selectors are like. They're his like, last this guy 8 was to good Last year has been brilliant. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, my three votes was to Jake Lloyd.
0: Uh, okay. Yep.
1: Um, what a bounce back to like two year ago, Jake Lloyd form. Yeah. Uh, intercepts and spoils and running with the ball and setting up goal chains. Um, it was the Jake Lloyd of old, which I think a lot of people have been complaining about uh, this year, that he just hasn't been doing that. And he has
0: played a slightly
1: different role. He has, but you don't need two rampies in the team. No. Um, that's need six. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how much that's, the goalpost would move. That's a strategy. We'll just play as many defenders in the side as we can. doesn't matter where we put them. We'll put O'Connor in the middle or put Tui on the wing. We'll put Henry in the forward line. Yeah. He's got to scram it full of defenders. Um, but no, I really liked his game. Um, it was so much more positive than I feel like he's been playing this year. His attack on the football was there was a lot of um, confidence there that I think he might have been lacking from a few poor games.
0: I think it's either the second or highest third disposal count we've given a vote for all year. I think top was Tom Stewart. When he had and the forty on maybe Sinclair get yeah. around the same mark, but thirty nine disposals really speaks for itself. Ten intercepts, bunch and it was of all ba- it was
1: almost all back half as well. Which
0: yeah, if you look at his heat map, it's pretty brilliant. Yeah, I really <laughs> enjoyed it.
1: Um, but yeah, really good game for me.
0: Uh, so my three votes goes to Sam Doherty. Uh, I feel like this is just his spot now. Yep. Each week he's getting a three from me. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, he was really good.
0: Yeah, fourteen marks, and he was just in the right spot.
1: He's a machine. He looks like an old man out there. Yeah, um, but he's fast and he's strong and he's just he's he's an almost an Australian lock now. Yeah, well that's what Vossi said. That's what Vossy said before did the game. I love <laughs> that. That's good. And it's got to a point where, like, before the season, it was like a after this long of a layoff, can he get back to his best? Somehow he's better.
0: Well, it's it's interesting because I think it's because he came back from the knee um, and played for a bit, and that was the season where he had to go up to the wing a bit more because he wasn't as accountable, Uh, and I think he's been able to actually fix it all up um, because he's had however much time it's been since the two knees. So I think that's definitely a help. Yes, yeah, so the knees have actually had time to recover yeah.
1: as well. Even if he wasn't able to exercise at full tilt, the ligaments mm. and stuff to get back in line. So, it yeah. might be a good point. But yeah, he's just playing really good football. It's great.
0: Um, it's great to watch because you know he he goes near it, and you're just like, oh yeah, this is pretty and what safe. What a feel good
1: story. Like I know he's yeah. the reason Zach Fisher lost his mullet, and that makes me very sad. <laughs> but other than that, um, yeah, it's been really great to watch him go about mm. it this year. I've really loved it. Undo P. Uh, my four, and I like. I feel like we need a drum roll for this because finally. A Bulldogs player is getting votes on this podcast. I've
0: got my sixth player
1: is a Bulldog. (laughs) My four is to Bailey Dale.
0: Really? Okay. His
1: first half, when they actually needed that game to be saved, was brilliant. He was everywhere and running and long kicking. And he's been so close for me several times this year.
0: I feel like his biggest down point is a lot of the time he plays like a wing
1: role. Yes. Which we tend to avoid giving votes to. Which I felt like he didn't so much, especially in, in the first quarter. Yeah. He was very deep.
0: And we've been mean to players before. I think there have been games where we wanted to give two votes, but he finished in the last yeah, quarter up yeah. forward and kicked a goal. On your lane. No. And you're like, no. It's hard
1: <laughs> to do. But yeah, I thought Bailey Dale, especially when Hawthorne were really putting pressure on the Bulldogs, was so crucial to their game. And they ran away with it. We made jokes about, you know, at half time, what they can still win this by 60. And they just about, they, yeah, they went on to almost do that.
0: He's a, but, he's a great player. He's, you can always almost make one of those ads on the side of websites where it's like, Bulldogs play Bulldogs fans hate him. It's yeah. just a picture of <laughs> Bailey Dale. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Remember laughs> last, find out this one trick. It was last year we were <laughs>
1: laughing about it. It was like mid-season and there was a whole bunch of, um, you know, Bulldogs fans being like, you know, how does Bailey Dale get a game? And I was like, he's all Australian. Like, and he ended up getting it. He was yeah. an all Australian player.
0: He was great all year. And Brilliant. he has been this year he too. He has been.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not knocking a season like I said, he's been very close a few times.
0: Four, four votes, Bulldogs. Could have been five, but...
1: Could have been five.
0: Robbie Tarrant. <laughs> what a villain. <laughs> um uh, I don't need to say much more about it, but my four votes goes to Jake Lloyd. Um, I considered him and Doherty around the same mark. Ended up giving four to Lloyd. So, uh yeah, we can move on
1: from that. It was a brewing game. It was good. Uh, my five went to Lever. Same. My goodness. Yeah. That good. was the most Lever performance he's given us this year. I know it helped that May was back, but even earlier in the year, he wasn't quite playing like no. freedom. But he played on Hipwood, who is so dangerous, obviously also on Danaher, um, but just did everything.
0: Uh, it's it's the 15 intercepts with eight marks for me. I know Tom Stewart had a few more intercepts, but, yeah, but the, oh, Lever had more marks. Lever had more
1: impact on the game And as pack
0: well. marks as well. Um,
1: my goodness, that was... And we were talking about it at half time when the game still looked like it was close. Just how ridiculously good he'd been, mm. and he just kept it up for the whole match. There was no way they were getting inside fifty with the way he and May were playing and shaping up, and he was just cleaning everything up, coming across the front of those packs. Really, really good footy.
0: Even when he looked like he wasn't going to have an impact, he would get a fist in. He, he I think he had, the stats eight one percenters, which is you know, he's no not not Lewis Young and marks
1: at the same um, time. That is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: it's it's. Was a It's a solid game. 90% disposal efficiency, which is the highest of anyone I've picked on my list so far. So uh, it makes sense to be five-voter for me. So that's 10 to Lever. 10 to Lever. Who has barely been cited by in. us all year. Just jumps in. Um, <laughs> he's, he's coming for Stuart's spot.
1: <laughs> he um So I, there's a few that I really felt were proper stiff this week. Yeah,
0: I'm just going to quickly give out my non-one vote. It was mm. Ryan Gardner. It wasn't... Bailey Dale, third. I think Gardner yep. probably played one of his best games. Just for the about the best game I've seen him play. Like. Yeah, yeah. For a mid-season draftee, he's been crucial for them because Absolutely. everyone else down there is either gone or injured.
1: Yeah, um, Tom Barras was in my votes all week, and then I just kind of thought about it, it was really hard to keep him there to justify it when yeah Peter Wright. Lloyd, Stewart, Sard had the games they did, and Peter Wright kicked and Peter Wright kicked three. He kicked four goals. Four? four. Yeah. Um, but Brass was just last line of defense all game for that. He was the only person defending in that entire Would
0: game. you have given... So say he some of those other players don't have a good game. Would you have given him a vote if Peter Wright kicks eight? Probably not. Yeah.
1: That's a good point. 4-4. Four, four. Uh, Vlostone was also very good. Yeah, again.
0: Vlostone. Um, I had Elliot Yo in there because his roll down at yeah, half-back has been great. Looks great. It's almost yeah.
1: like putting someone back
0: in the role they played their best um, football in is good. And even though they got smacked, I'm giving a shout-out to uh, Keaton Coleman because... I watch great him I see him
1: playing the football we hoped he would before oh, season started. I
0: watch him play and I get excited. I think he's really good.
1: Um I, and I get I... <laughs> the other one, the other way in that Eagles game, the only person who defended for Essendon, uh, Redmond again, um, coaches votes again this week. Mm-hmm. Uh he's just playing a great yeah. Really good year. He's their
0: best player. Has to be their
1: best and fairest leader right now. So, uh, I would say so. Um, just for consistency
0: alone? like he. I don't think you can give it to any of their midfielders, uh, except for a maybe good. new guy whose name I've forgotten all of a sudden, Martin, Nick Martin. Yeah,
1: Nick Martin. Oh, that's a really good point, actually. He'd
0: be one of those two, right?
1: Yeah, I just feel like for consistency, Redmond's just been week in, week out, effort, 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 the stuff mm-hmm. coaches love. Um, and
0: he's coaching from the back line, basically, because yeah. no one else wants to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, will,
0: I will say they are the worst defensive team in the league, yes. and that includes
1: oh, North Melbourne. Absolutely. Um, and, boy, are they coming for the title. I actually um, had a had a point on that. I was looking at the our defensive ladder I've got on the website again. Mm. Um, it's so weird to me that Port is third still. It's because
0: they don't score.
1: Yeah. like They're
0: they
1: they're sh- uh, they're one point better than Geelong.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, who are both Geelong and Port are way behind Freo and Melbourne, who just locked teams down. But yeah. it's just so strange to me that they're sitting there. And then the outlier the other way is Mel- uh, Brisbane, sorry, who are all the way down at ninth,
0: Yeah,
1: uh, which we've talked about. So it's not a surprise to us. But
0: I think Port play a really boring, strangling, restrictive style of football. And when they do get to play a lower side, you'll see uh, Marshall and Dixon or whoever's down there at the time kick kicking a, a bag.
1: And the other way you see the games like the Brisbane Port game and the Geelong Port game where despite it being a really obvious result one way, it's not a belting because it's just this strangulation I mean,
0: game. look at, what was it, St Kilda Port and oh. Melbourne Port. They were St. just St. absolutely worst games of boring, boring footy. Um, um, and that's not to say Port can't play exciting no. because when players like Rosie and but, Butters are and on in the middle. they
1: were playing exciting footy. So you, maybe it's an overreaction to the fact that they got cut up a few times last year on the rebound.
0: I wonder if it's also just... They've had they've had to play this way because they haven't had the personnel. Yeah, it's stopped. coming back now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the forward line is still so getting a
1: piece back together. You've got Fantasia, we'll be back soon. Dixon's in there. Um and that was the problem. They and Essendon both had a similar start to the year where almost all of their top five leading goal scorers from last season weren't playing for both teams.
0: They also haven't been able to get any ruck dominance all year. So no, maybe maybe locking it down in the middle and sluggishly. No, but Finlay gives them. The best, the best look <laughs> they've had all season. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. Um, and we, we uh, I asked you about it before I put it on Twitter, our thoughts for it with Verti went Live, um, that I thought four, and you said your heart, your gut says three, but your head says four, and it was four weeks for Stuart. That was a pretty obvious cut and dry.
0: I don't remember which way around I said.
1: You, you said your head says four, so your head was right. Yeah. Um, and the other one I talked about, and I talked to you about this briefly, was mm. the um, Recruit of the Year, and that I think it's young uh, for Carlton. I think I
0: that don't despite. Think. Okay, you go.
1: Despite the fact that I think um, Stengel uh, and Brody, especially, those two have had better seasons overall as footballers. I
0: think there's a shout out to Hewitt as well.
1: Hewitt, yeah, also. But I just think the way that Young has helped Carlton hold together that back line as it's been torn to shreds has been so much more important to the team. Like, I, I feel like the other roles could be filled better. Than his, He had
0: like 41 percenters across three games too, yeah. which is nuts. Like, you don't see those second numbers. Second of all
1: time spoils in one game. Um, I just feel like the way he's been able to fill in that role that was probably something that was never going to be expected of him to play the number one defender role at any point this year. Um, and he's done it so well that I just think it, it's such a special role he's done. Um,
0: and I think we loved Liam Jones. Yes. And we loved watching him play. Absolutely. And every game we played, he would get close to that intercept record and we'd be like, yes, do it. 10 intercept marks, 11 intercept marks. But his, some of his kicking was absolutely oh, atrocious. Yeah. And Lewis Young has not the best disposal, but he's, he's kind of calm. Yeah. He doesn't panic when he's got the ball, and that makes me happy.
1: Oh, no. Well, Jones <laughs> didn't panic, and I think that made it worse. <laughs> He'd very relaxedly kick it to an opposition player or to just no one. <laughs> uh, or at least it's not five kicking it directly to an umpire. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Possibly uh, the quickly
0: back on to recruit of the year. Recruit of the year doesn't matter. No. If,
1: you you um, talked about this the other day. If, if, if friggin'
0: Bulldogs come to the end of the year and win the grand final, whoever they recruited in the offseason is recruited the year. Tim O'Brien? Tim O'Brien, if he plays care. fullback, recruit of the year. If Collingwood win, is it going to be Lipinski? Hell yeah. Has Lipinski been the best player that any no. club's recruited this year? But if they win it's the grand different. final.
1: He will be. He's very important for him.
0: He kicks four goals in the grand final. There's no question. Bye Stengel. See you, Lewis Young. I don't care. It's, it's Lipinski. This yeah. conversation doesn't matter. It's, it's a moot point, right? Like, um, it's not quite like a rising star yeah. where you're comparing
1: direct yeah. outputs,
0: like just based on how they're well, playing in game. It's, it's like the old he, uh, conversation,
1: and I said this a lot of times. And this was before he ended up, you know, retiring early and that kind of thing. That. After years of Bulldogs players, Bulldogs fans being like, you know, was Tom Boyd overpaid? No. As soon as he won them a grand final on his own in that last quarter, he was worth every million they paid him. He's like- kicked it. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> He's kicked it for the center of square. <laughs> but as soon as that that's got- worth all the money alone. As soon as that goal went through, every dollar they paid him was worth it because they won their first premiership in Doesn't 50 matter. years. Like, yeah, the value comes from an end result.
0: If St Kilda. Managed to win the grand final
1: and Dan Hannabry's in the team. You forgive it all. You forgive <laughs> you the four seasons well, he's been perennially it goes injured. The other way it doesn't though, right? matter. Um, Podsy Adley's still a good recruit, despite the fact that he missed most of that grand final. He he got them there because he got them there. So it goes
0: both ways. Well, the team, I think. So yeah. like, would Geelong have made that grand final if Podsy Adley didn't Absolutely play the way not. he did that no. season? No, especially not the finals leading so, up to it. So you give him that. Um, but like, man. I don't know. I just think it's so silly. That's the reason
1: Mitch Duncan is a premiership player. So that's good too.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Geelong are in pretty good form, so yeah. He might
1: be a dual premiership player. I I doubt it, but I still think.
0: um, All we need to do is switch it on and have the best. Is the best. Yeah.
1: Um, I think that, but so much of it is luck. I think we've seen that in football. Mm. So much of winning a premiership is being the best team on the right day. I know Richmond in the years they beat Geelong and GWS, they were the best team. Yeah. The team that the either bit Adelaide. Adelaide were the best team. Yeah. 100%. All year. They were favourites going in pretty comfortably. Um
0: I remember watching that game and barracking for Richmond. Yeah. That's how long ago Weird that was. To me, and <laughs>
1: obviously Broadie was in the first one. And then yeah, once, I, he had, um, once he had one, I was like, fuck him.
0: Like I don't- <laughs> can we play that drinking game where you picked the name out of yeah, that. I, yeah. I got I got Nathan Broad. It was a uh, very it was a very smooth day for I me. <laughs> had,
1: I had I um Hillburg. And up until <laughs> half I was like, this is fine. And then in the second half you get goals. Could have been worse. Could have been horrendous. Finlayson. It could have been Finlayson. He wouldn't have had a drink. Christ, he would have won. One. One. One sip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, economical. Um, I was, and that I think the thing was like it was the miracle for Brody that he came back in just four finals because of mm. injuries. He'd been dropped due to form earlier in the year, and just played well enough to hold his spot. And obviously after the other two, it was like, well, you've won enough now. and settle down. But
0: I, I genuinely think he's one of the best lockdown, like mid-sized defenders in the he's, league. He's a
1: very good defender. Uh, and
0: I know we make fun of him a lot on here because of your connection with him, but uh, no, nah, he is genuinely pretty good.
1: Um, and especially when, I think it was proven this year how good he is when the other defenders went out mm-hmm. and he had to play their roles. And everyone kind of mm-hmm. went, oh, so he can intercept and he can run off and he can create play. And um, it, I think it highlighted how much leadership he obviously has in that team when he was the person who went over to Bolton after, I know we didn't care about it, but after his little showboating, he was the one that went over to Bolton and was like, Hey mate, like that's probably not mm. necessary. So clearly there's a lot of trust in him. I've heard Dimmer say that he's one of the smartest defenders. He seemed like. Yeah. Ball.
0: I honestly, if I'm picking that Richmond team, he's in the first couple. Absolutely. I pick. He's a coach's dream. I would pick Floston first. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Nathan Broad. <laughs> Nank,
1: Nank's probably my first pick actually. Uh, y- he's up there. Those defensive marks he was taking.
0: I hate to say, but I probably picked Liam and Baker pretty quickly too. Oh,
1: dear he frustrates me, but he's been in great form. Um, was that period I, of
0: goals where what was it? Martin Baker and Bolton all in a row, and you yeah, always had a connection. I, yeah. <laughs> I message you, I was like, oh, this is this shit? Um,
1: no, I'm Baker. It was an interesting one for me, and he he's been so good to them in the same way Atkins has to Geelong, in the sense that wherever they've had a deficiency, they've been able to put him, and it's yeah. worked. But it was so interesting because I've rethought what I said about that game afterwards. I said, if they had Prestia, they win. But putting Baker in the middle was what changed that game. Forcing him to play in the center. He ended up with seven clearances and he wasn't playing in the middle at the start. Seven clearances and several score involvements that wouldn't have happened if he'd stayed in the forward line.
0: I still think, and obviously it's a moot point. Yeah. What happened? The game's over. I still think Prestia, when he gets into a game and it doesn't always happen at the start, he's just a but, well, they call him the meatball for a reason, yep. right? He's just kind of unstoppable in there. Sure he he's was. 175 centimetres and he will dominate a player. It doesn't matter if it's Patrick Cripps or Patrick Dangerfield or any other Patrick in the league. He's going to destroy him. <laughs> Nash. Yeah, he's going to rip him a new one.
1: <laughs> There's another team. He's like,
0: <laughs> about to say something very gross. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, I, I just think um, it was such a testament to how good Baker's been playing this year mm. uh, that he was able to just slide in there. Uh, and and play the role he did. Um, Just slide into that meatball sub.
0: Uh, I was going to say like a Richmond player and slide into someone's DMs, but we don't even know if that's happened. Yeah,
1: no, we don't. Might even, that bit.
0: (laughs) You probably should.
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Um... Look, I, I think there's another few games this week that are really exciting for the finals. Um, I oh, think Brisbane I will win tonight by the time this comes out tomorrow against the Bulldogs. I think they're a really good team at home when it's not the finals. And I think that especially after losing to Melbourne the way they did last week, they will come out angry. If there's
0: no response, their top four spot is it's gone. It's the
1: same as Melbourne coming out the way they did against Brisbane. Like, mm-hmm. They just had to win. There was no...
0: If the Bulldogs win this game, it's huge for the Bulldogs, but I think it's worse Bigger for, for Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. Um. I, I don't I'm um, so bad at picking game of the that, round. Uh
1: I think my actual game of the round, if I was if I was to pick it.
0: Geelong North, obviously, right? Oh yeah,
1: it's gonna be a stunner. It's gonna be You might a, as
0: well not watch, just watch the highlights. Geelong
1: snoozing for most of the game. I reckon they'll get out to like a <clears> six goal lead at half time and then put on the handbrake because I've got a five day break before playing Melbourne. Um no I think I think Gold Coast Collingwood is the game of the round. I think that shapes up as a fantastically interesting game. A
0: Metricon, on Gold Coast have a big advantage. Um, they and do, I, I, just, I think finals are gone. Gold, for Gold Coast has to.
1: Well, but both of them have to win to stay in contention. If yeah. Collingwood don't win, they're in. They can't make a finals because Richmond's going to take that spot from them.
0: Mm. Yeah, but that, the Bulldogs would have to win, so Bulldogs' that's spot true. is going to be taken by Richmond. Hard. They've got yeah.
1: Sydney in Sydney. They've got Brisbane in Brisbane. I think they might have Melbourne again before the end of the year. I think
0: that's the reason, and people they've got are Geelong, Geelong. It's a hard draw. People are calling the top eight pretty much set, except for
1: Bulldogs, Bulldogs out, out for Richmond. Richmond in. Um, I'd just love to see Gold Coast make it. I think most of Australia would. I would love it. I would love it if they beat Collingwood especially. <laughs> yeah, I saw, um, I can't remember who tweeted it the other day, they were saying, you know, they hate barracking for Collingwood but they know that if Collingwood win, that Richmond's out of the eight. Yeah, and I was like, no, no. What you need to barrack for is for Collingwood to lose, but Gold Coast to beat Port by ten goals. <laughs> so they're the reason Richmond go out of the eight. Like that's the real idea yeah. solution. Uh, and obviously, that didn't happen. And
0: it's just a tough one. It's like, do the other finals team consider Collingwood an actual threat?
1: I think Richmond does. Are- I think yes, because Collingwood have been a threat to the other finals teams. Like mm. their, their losses, their shock losses haven't come to the good teams. Mm. Like, they've played, they lost to Geelong just, thanks to Jeremy Cameron Magic in the last quarter. They just hung on against Carlton in a really impressive game. They played a really good game against Brisbane early in the year. They beat Mm. St Kilda, they beat Frio. St Kilda when they were good, They beat St Kilda when they were playing really good footy, and they beat Frio as well, Um, dominated Frio Mm. in the wet. So it's really interesting I don't think
0: Freo can play wet weather footy
1: No, I think that's a problem for them but no. like it's obviously another big win for Gold Coast so for Collingwood mm. so they've beaten the good teams and I think the struggle for them is um, you know maintaining that for the rest of the year because they've got to get yeah. enough of those games across the line against the teams they seem to struggle against which are the lower teams so they lost to West Coast um which I mean if you told me before the year, that West Coast were going to finish bottom three and the only two teams they were going to beat were Collingwood and Essendon. I would have thrown a party. I would have gone, that is so funny. Um, For reference, it's only because we live in WA. It's only because we live in (laughs) WA. It's just, like, you hear so much about it and they've been so successful for so long. Um, But, like, that's such a funny
0: result. Isn't it funny that when Fremantle start doing well and West Coast will completely dropped off, you don't really hear about Frio. No. You don't don't really hear about them. You hear about
1: how bad West Coast are. I, I looked at the back of the paper the week... Geelong beat West Coast. Mm. It wasn't about how good Freo were doing because they'd just gone to top of the ladder that week. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, worst losing streak in club history on the back of the paper. Maybe celebrate the fact that there is a second team in this state and that they're currently having a fantastic Do you sell year.
0: more papers based on that, though, based on the doom and gloom?
1: Probably. One, Who
0: buys the paper? Just read the article in the workroom. <laughs> one, it's just free
1: <laughs> your fans hate West Coast and will buy the paper for that. Yeah, two, that's true. West Coast fans will buy it to get angry and send letters to the editor
0: hmm yeah it's it's well, wa media and football is just yeah i'm sick of tim gossich never again go away
1: <laughs> his tweets are so bad
0: <laughs> he needs a translator he needs the tom brown special <laughs> oh
1: god yeah oh my god the quadruple
0: double the quadruple double we didn't even talk about it i don't even know if we've talked about it on the podcast yet
1: we haven't. What's so, our, our favourite stat in football?
0: Yeah, so the quadruple double is when a player gets 10 kicks, 10 handballs, 10 marks, 10 tackles.
1: Famous stat.
0: And uh, I hope my manager doesn't find this podcast, but uh, I was working <laughs> 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 and I opened my phone and I looked down and Carl Amon needed one handball, two marks, and two tackles. <laughs> the door
1: and and I've got my door
0: jar. open and I've got my legs crossed on my chair and I'm just like,
1: <laughs> he got a mark, Jack. He got a mark. Oh, he got a tackle. I think the best thing was we were talking about it the night before yeah, having dinner for some friends' birthdays. And we're like, oh yeah, the quadruple double, it's our favourite stat. And then the next day, Carl Amon comes out and he's the first person to do it in, was it six years?
0: Seven years. Seven years. I've got the list here somewhere. So it's Scott Thompson, 2008, Joel Selwood, 2009, Brett Stanton, 2011, three years off, Ben McGlynn, 2014, same year, Tom Rockliffe, 2015, Corey Enright, nothing since then, Carl Amon.
1: 2022 I
0: carl he's threatened a couple of times he too has? yeah i didn't uh, know that i sent you a couple of his stats but um uh if if another quadruple double happens this year you'll hear about oh, it absolutely. on this podcast it. it's not gonna um, <laughs> yeah can you imagine if carl amon went double? double double double
1: double double
0: quad doubles
1: oh recruit the, the price value who are they playing getting, <laughs> the price value of him going back to victoria would be huge, huge. i lo- i saw him um as tied to carlton no, um, thank they you. They said Carlton and Hawthorne as the two clubs that are most interested. I was like, I
0: thought St Kilda had an interest how because how are
1: going to find the money for him as well as everyone else?
0: I don't think he. I, well, Foss came out in the media and said draft. Yeah, that's it. They're they're in a list build phase. He it's, said It's the
1: same as when Peter Sumich came out recently. It's like you know, Frio. They have offered Luke Jackson. You know, four, seventeen was it like, it was billion dollars, like, like, like three million, four million over three years. Yeah, and long you had to come out and be like before the season i said that we were not talking contracts until the season was over because we are focused on making finals we are not talking about contracts until the season like it was just like such a he was like i've made this very clear i just it it's, baffles it's- me where someone with the like respect and expertise that so much has like he was involved in west coast when they're at their best he was linked to frio's coaching job for a while before lion got it and you just wonder what pushes you down that like does it make money? Money. You just come out and you're like, I'm going to lie? You think someone would do that? Well, I think Just go out there and tell lies on the internet? I think we live in this
0: weird, weird world where no one really reveals how much paper journalists and uh, people in the media, commentators get paid. Bars and I, th- I think, just like radio hosts who get paid millions of dollars, I think they're getting paid way oh, more way, than you way, expect.
1: Way more than you'd think.
0: And... It's for doing I remember, fuck all. <laughs> I remember
1: Robbo giving shit to Jared Waitley about it one time on Three Sixty about how much Gerard gets paid. Oh, ABC
0: would be paying him so much money. No,
1: he got he got he got poached from ABC by SEN. Oh,
0: that's right. He's yeah, given yeah. that
1: massive deal, and Robbo was like, "So you're on Fox, and you're on SEN." He was like, "And we know that SEN deal was worth money." He's like, "And surely, surely you're getting good money here." And I was like, "Robbo, you are also on. Yeah. You work for the Herald Sun, like yeah. as well as Fox." Like
0: <laughs> and players like Jack Rewald are Smart he whenever they have a uh, a do don't have like when they have a thursday night game he gets on
1: oh absolutely. afl 360 yeah. as soon
0: as he can he even talks about getting paid on the show <laughs> yeah. so yeah i mean look, clearly I mean, it's I, lucrative as
1: you would right like if you were a footballer um yeah, if it, you used, can it do is it is weird though that like um for a, a public institution, the AFL obviously is, so they tax exempt as a whole organisation, mm. in the same way that your Cricket Australia is that kind of thing. We mm. know how much every cricketer in this country gets paid mm. because that's all public data. Mm. In America, they know how much every basketballer, every baseballer, every NFL player gets paid. Footballers, we have no idea.
0: I think it's a tough one because obviously it's fine in other sports. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling players would be treated differently if they're, he was. Known. I think that public.
1: I think that both ways though. Like people go on, oh, he's getting paid this much, but they're probably not. Like it's like no. Jack Martin because other people still go off yeah. the fact oh, he's that he's getting it was,
0: paid a million a year. He's not. It's he's like, no, he's just, on a basic that was just contract how they now. Skipped
1: him in the draft that year. Um, but it was like when I remember a few years ago, whichever newspaper does it, it might also be the Herald Sun. They do that, like they release the players' salaries, and it's just guesses because mm. they. They're not public. They have no idea. All so they know like, is how
0: do we get these players like, to add up to what is it? Yeah, 14 the AFL.
1: Well, the no, the AFL releases the brackets. Ah, oh, true. So they know how many players are in whatever bracket across the whole comp, not even what clubs they're at. Um, and then they try and put figures to those. And I remember Max Gorn being in the million bracket, and
0: him coming out. And he hadn't saying, even I wish signed I... the
1: deal before he had his good years. Like he signed a five-year deal yeah. when he was good, but not Max Gorn. And he was like, Jesus, don't tell the wife. she like, should be wondering where it's gone. As
0: a Ruckman, he probably still would have had a decent contract. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but he wasn't one
1: of the million-dollar men. Um,
0: a million dollars is a lot for a footballer.
1: When you've only got $14 million for 40 people and you're giving $1 million to one of them, it creates what oh, the rumours were about that Sydney change room after that losing grand final. Oh,
0: and again, Collingwood having to literally yeah. shed players because they
1: gave... Or Will Brody going to Frio. Yeah. Um, just because Gold Coast couldn't afford to keep him on, like
0: to be fair, they have to split
1: fourteen million amongst fifty players. 50
0: Do they have a bigger salary cap?
1: I don't think so. They've just got mm. it's only extra like rookie spots. I think they've got yeah, still which only which get paid a fair bit less. But yeah, I don't think they have a bigger salary cap. Um, um,
0: yeah, it is interesting, and like they still report it wrong. Like I read an article the other day. It was like Patrick Cripps is on nine hundred thousand. He took under eight hundred k. I reckon he'd be under seven fifty. Um, um, which is a value deal considering how he's been playing this year. So.
1: Fantastic this year. But oh, he was banged up for a few years there and wasn't wasn't playing to that value. And that was talked about at the time before the contract came up. So it's so funny how they go both ways. They're like, you know, Cripps is going to be getting less on this contract because he's playing less money and the interest isn't there from other clubs. And now they're like going back on what they said about him getting mm. less. And they're like, he's on big money. <laughs> like, all right, sure.
0: It just, it's I mean, just, big money to me. It, well, absolutely. That's <laughs> I don't even want to talk about how many times that is my regular pay. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, the media just makes shit up week to week. Yeah. One week it's, you know, West Coast are the most abysmal team ever, and then the next week it's like, oh, West Coast are looking good was, for the rest of the season.
1: I was talking to um, Beth about this the other day, um, my partner, for anyone listening to this that doesn't know us, which is probably no one. doxed. Um, and I was saying about how funny it is that no matter how long time goes by or if a team is actually probably worse... Every bad team is compared to Mark neald era Melbourne. Mark neald era Melbourne was better than current current North Melbourne. Melbourne. They were statistically like right, absolutely. I mean, I know they lost by hundred and eighty six to Geelong or whatever
0: one eighty six. is a number I'll never forget.
1: Um, as two twenty two was Richmond Geelong. But that was the start of the era. Melbourne was the end of the era. Mm-hmm. But I love that. Like no matter how much time goes by, no matter how bad any team is, they are. Almost as bad as Neil era Melbourne.
0: Well, I'd like to give David uh, David Noble David credit. Ne- uh, Mark Neil, you could see it on his face. David Noble's a cool customer. Mark Neil, I don't think his face has ever recovered from that time. <laughs> I have never seen that many veins on a man that was not lifting hey, seven hundred kilos.
1: Tringov and Watts, and made them co-captains.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a rough time. Um, and they and ended up it, back together at Port. For a I always, long. I always think of the tough times for my own club and think ah, it could have been worse.
1: Could have been worse. It could have been a little bit worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just seems wild that we're we're like ten years on from that, and that's still the benchmark for bad.
0: Well, uh, isn't Mark Neil's coaching percentage better too? I think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah, his well, win his win ratio is better.
1: North have won one game this year.
0: Yeah, it's rough. But one um, game. I don't. Hey, I don't remember exactly how many games Mark Neal won each season. I can't remember. But I do it. know that top-up Essendon did better. So Top-up
1: Essendon did do better.
0: <laughs> top-up Essendon's <laughs> done better than current-year Essendon. <laughs>
1: uh, that's awful.
0: It's not good. Well, it's a on. shocking bottom top up three. Top-up
1: Essendon did finish on the bottom. Yeah. So, like, they won
0: and more games. And that's where Essendon should probably be if there weren't two teams that if were Northern worse. If and West Coast weren't that bad. And West Coast... Admittedly, as I just made fun of them, are doing better now.
1: Yeah, and, and look, they um we always knew they were going to post buy and they might even get Nat Nui back this week, which will be massive again.
0: It'll be interesting to see the turnaround. They got pumped by what, hundred points by Richmond on Optus, yep. and they're probably gonna lose by like maybe thirty on yeah. the MCG.
1: It's the, <sighs> Could be more, the, but... the game that I think they've got a chance of stealing, and they need to win two more to go past Essendon, which is the, which is what I've been looking at. I've been wondering whether they'll be able to make it past them. The game I think a chance of stealing is Adelaide mm. at, at Optus, which they should win, you'd think. With the current way they're playing, Adelaide barely beat West Coast when West Coast was struggling. Um, So they, they should steal that one. But then their other games are tough. They've got Richmond at the G. They've got Geelong in Geelong. They've got Carlton in Perth. And that's got, that's a that's a, that's a a smoky. If they're playing well enough, they've got most of the team back, they'd like their chances in that, mm-hmm. especially after going close to Geelong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they don't have the run home I think they'd like. Um, and I think we talked about this as well. Like, they, they played all the easy teams. I think it was one of the earlier podcasts was there? how unlucky they were to play the teams that have thought they could beat.
0: Especially because they lost to North.
1: Yeah, the teams they thought they could beat early and then having the harder teams after the bye when they're getting all their players back. You
0: need win. those early season wins to build confidence, yes. even if your list is injured. So Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that, that was rough for them. But I don't think they'll be bottom three next year. No, no way. Not with the experience they've got on their list, and not with the proud club they've always been. Like, uh,
0: they won't be top eight.
1: They don't. No, absolutely not. They'll be just in that middle bracket again, mm. I think. But they're not the kind of club that is awful for long.
0: Actually, they will have a good draw though.
1: Yeah, they will have a much better draw.
0: I mean, Aris, they're going to be much and better a top next year. Great draft pick. Are North well, Melbourne going to be better. Probably slide
1: down to four when Ashcroft gets picked up. <laughs> one. True. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting. But
0: those teams in that bracket, Hawthorne and West Coast specifically next year, should get decent draws and with the talent on their lists, should do something. Yeah,
1: you look at Gold Coast this year, you look at Essendon last year. When you get that favourable draw, um, all you have to do is beat the teams around and below you. You don't even have to beat top eight teams to make the finals. Uh, And then you can try and threaten in the finals. Mm. We've seen teams threaten in the finals after doing that. Um, Sydney last year, a really good example of that, um, had that easier draw, made it through the finals, were a genuine threat.
0: Sydney that Um, year, they lost the first six games. Yeah, they lost but a fucking
1: Carlton, bro. They lost a Carlton this year, too. Yeah. yeah that was a good game. It was all right. Yeah. Um, That's probably enough for this week. Uh,
0: I have another topic I want to talk oh, about. All right, go for it. Get in long. there. Nah, it's fine. Get in there. We'll do it? It, we'll do it next week. It's about David Teague.
1: But David Teague. Yeah.
0: Do you want to talk about it, or do you want to do it next week?
1: No, we can do Teague. I haven't got...
0: My question to you is, was David Teague... Hard done by. If you look at what Voss has this season, he has a fit Charlie Curnow. He has a fit Sam Doherty. He has Chera and Hewitt, who Teague was a part of recruiting. He's got a fit Cripps, who he didn't have. And he's gone to Richmond and has revitalized their forward line. Was he hard done by? It had to happen.
1: I think... The I other... think hard done by is a hard one because I don't think he was much maligned. I think outside of the media asking for blood, which they do any team every coach time, every time, struggling. I think the, the footballing public never really hated T. I I think he's always been a, a coach that always like copped a bit of a rough draw, mm-hmm. copped the you know the wrong end of a lot of a lot of things. Kerno obviously the big issue.
0: Kennedy not in form as well. Yeah,
1: and he no small forwards got Kennedy into the form. Like yeah, started late, it. Late last year, Kennedy looked really, really good. I um, believe he
0: said in an interview that he wasn't in any chance of being best 22, but he trained his way in and kept that spot, and yeah, he's been I, there ever I since. I think
1: um, internal coaches, I have, I have an issue with just in general. Um, I don't think oh, people yep, who've yep, played gotcha. for a club or people who've been heavily involved in a club make the best coaches at clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've seen that with Hurd and Voss and Buckley. Uh, and I mean,
0: Buckley is the best of those three at his club of origin.
1: He is. Uh, well, Longmuir is doing a great job now.
0: I love um, I love watching Longmuir, Longmuir talk because he looks so solemn. Longmuir he looks like out, he's going to kill you. came
1: back, which helped as well. Um,
0: mm, true. True.
1: Like he was at Collingwood for a long time. That's before true. Before coming back to Fremantle, I just think that he had so Buckley. much. Teague had so much of a closeness with a lot of those players that was not so much professional closeness as a friendliness.
0: Yeah, well, that's the Eddie Betts thing, right? Yeah,
1: and that doesn't help in a lot of ways. But I still think that he did a much better job than Bolton did. Like, like
0: LA- Bolton did the hard yards, though, really, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I think it was like um, I remember a lot of people saying about West Coast back in the day that. Um, Ken Judge was hard done by when mm. Worsfold took over after Ken Judge had built that incredible list yeah. that, that got them there. Like Worsfold praises this incredible genius, it's like but Ken Judge built this team right up to the brink and then left, and Worsfold took over. And obviously, Worsfold was a great coach. He did things with that team that were brilliant. Like they that that, that two or three year period, the fact that they only got one premiership was mm. kind of unfair to them. Um, the year Geelong won their first one was so unfortunate for West Coast that that was like. When they were still in their prime, because yep. that 07 Geelong side was unstoppable. Mm. Um, but West Coast five, six, seven was yep. phenomenal. Um, you looked at Judd Fletcher, Cousins, Kerr running through that midfield.
0: It was insane. The
1: bookends at either end mm-hmm. incredible. Um, you had your Hansons in there. You had um, Hunter. Like mm. that was just a really good football team. But you, people do look past that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, in terms of development. Um, the, the ones where it doesn't, that isn't the case is like your Geelongs and your Richmonds where the coaches, Hawthorne as well, where the coaches always get sacked before it comes to fruition. Yeah. And the same thing could have happened with those clubs. Like a new coach could have taken over and gotten all the plaudits for that generation of success. Um, whereas in those situations, they didn't. So a lot of it does come down to recruiting and players. and It's its hard. Coaching so 50-50, isn't it? It
0: is. And sometimes you look at games, you're like...
1: almost sacked Goodwin last year.
0: <laughs> Sounds like he loves a bit of the nose beers. He might he might.
1: <laughs> the, the, but does that they, make a bad coach? They sacked their CEO for saying that maybe their head staff should be drug tested. Um, yeah, I don't really have an opinion <laughs> on this one. I'll, I'll wait for my opinion after the court case. I All think. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um,
0: All right. Well, that's my David Teague talk. I just I just miss him a little bit. I'll he like doesn't Teague. get to talk at Richmond I always
1: liked Teague. My mum. here's a fun one for you. My mum thought David Teague was very cute when he played. Nathan and I be <laughs> he watching. He did
0: not play cute.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. But she just liked the long blonde hair yeah, and the sense. soft skin and the would headband. It would have been a good time
0: to watch footy if you were into that. Oh, right? absolutely.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, Nathan and I be watching the footy and then, you know, you'd see Teague in the huddle and I'm like, oh, he looks nice. He was... like, well, You said that last time, yeah. <laughs> not Teaguey. Yeah. Shout
0: out. Shout out to your mum good and your her David name. Teague crush. <laughs>
1: And now Brody's playing for Richmond. Weird times. It is weird.
0: Anyway, that's 42 minutes. That's the longest one we've done. And it's all because of David Teague.
1: Thanks, David Teague. You're welcome. Put out your headbands. (laughs) (laughs) He's not dead.
0: (laughs) I've peaked the audio again. I'm sorry. Bye. See ya.